What's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? Because you guys know who it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. Brought to you by City Rocks, Rockmouth Thrive. Hey, guys. We're at the end of August already. Hell yeah. And you guys know I'm still on that post-hardcore kick. And I'm just going to keep it rolling in with another great post-hardcore band. But before we get started, though, I want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Fitness. Sorry, I set the mic on that one. But yeah, concerts. I'm into them, man. I'm loving them. I'm loving to be in those mosh pits, but I got to make sure that I'm going to as many as possible, not missing out, of course, after the, the you know 2020. I don't want to be tapping out or anything in these mosh pits. I want to make sure that my fitness level is at the peak that it can be. I want to make sure that all my fitness goals are met. So, you know, I go to the gym. I'm constantly doing a bunch of cardio, hitting the weights, but when it comes to making sure that I'm prepared enough and recovering right enough, you know, I take different like supplements and recovery things from proteins. And where do I get all that? That comes, that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. Yeah, that's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. They have different things such as, you know, different proteins for AM and post-workout. They have different BCAA compounds in order for you to recover after your workout. Different pre-workouts, different creatines, different multivitamins, anything to help you achieve your fitness goals. Phoenix Fitness has you covered. The listeners of the Core Progression Podcast get 15% off, kind of 1-5% off at Phoenix Fitness's website. The link for that website is in the description below. And you have to use the code MSOTD at checkout to get 15% off of your entire order. Yeah. So thanks, Phoenix Fitness. Now into our future presentation with the band Poltergeist. Poltergeist? Yep, Poltergeist. They're a post-hardcore band out of Lexington, Kentucky. And you guys probably heard about the episode with the difference between with Cody from Ascent Like Wolves, also a part of that band as well. Well, he's been sending me a couple of different post-hardcore bands to check out, and this is one that he also sent me that he's working with, and boom, now they're on the podcast. Their brand new EP, Vanta Black, came out on August 13th, so go check it out because it is one hell of an EP from top to bottom. We talk all about it, some crazy stories, including Corey Feldman, and just how dynamic post-hardcore can be as a genre. So this one is for you post-hardcore fans. Are you guys ready? Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, as you have seen over the past, like, month, month and a half, with bands like uh, Caskets, with bands like Captain, with bands like The Difference Between, we've been kind of on a post-hardcore kick lately, and thanks to Cody from The Difference in Between, and a Scent Like Wolves, I think I said Difference Between, whatever, The Difference Between and Scent Like Wolves, he got me in contact with this band, and let me tell you, it's going to be something for you guys to check out because they have a brand new EP that will be released on August 13th called Vanta Block. I hope I got that right. If I didn't, you guys can make fun of me for it. But please welcome the guys from the band Poltergeist. So, guys, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Hey, what's what up? up? How's, everything, how's everything going in your guys' uh, well, neck of the woods in your region of the United States in this well day and age? It's fucking oh, hot. Yeah, it's very, it's very fucking muggy in Lexington right now. It's like a goddamn swamp, um, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Don't worry, I've got, I'll say I've got the exact same thing going here in Milwaukee where it's like, oh yeah, it's, uh, what, what is the temperature like when you go to bed? Yeah, the, the low is like 81 degrees in human. I'm just thinking, <laughs> thank God I actually live in a place now that has air conditioning because two years ago I didn't and it was, it's awful, dude. It was rough. I couldn't, couldn't do it. <laughs> I was shooting podcasts like from my bedroom at that point. I'm just sweating profusely through them. I'm like, thank God I have air conditioning now, but also air conditioning now that isn't super duper loud. Because last year I had this really loud like AC unit in my apartment where I had to turn it off every time I did a podcast. Otherwise, you just hear this constant like in the background, like a fan in the background. <laughs> it was it was horrible. It was bad. So I'm just like, okay, turn it off every time I have to do a podcast. All of a sudden, these things start rolling and. 
I turned into a little literal sweat monster throughout the whole entire thing. It, it was bad. Nice. <laughs> I wouldn't say nice to describe it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anything, we can just thank that God that we have AC. That's basically it. Are they AC gods? <laughs> <laughs> but as we jump in this podcast, guys, whenever it comes to having a uh, guest on the podcast, there's always three specific questions I'd like to start out the show with, specifically because it gets everyone to know you guys a little bit more and... Also, kind of puts you on the spot a little bit with one of the questions, but it's always a fun one. So the three questions are, first off, what is your name? Second off, when it comes to the band Guys, what do you do in the band? And the third one is my favorite because I want to know a little fun, wacky, interesting fact or story about yourself, your time in the band, or any time in life that will hopefully make me laugh hysterically, fall out of my chair, smack my head on my table, and potentially give me my ninth concussion of my life because... Well, those stories are absolutely hilarious, and it's totally worth it. I mean, to give you guys some examples, I've heard ones of bands from Florida where they, uh, let's just say they chloroform their lead singer, take him to a beach in Florida, bury him halfway in the sand, so it makes a, and they make it look like his legs got bit off by a shark when he wakes up, so he kind of freaks out. <laughs> I've also heard of different um, stories about going to the bathroom on the road when you really can't find anything or stop anywhere, so I heard one where some guy went to the bathroom in a bottle because, well, what else are you going to do? It's a big gator bottle. You're on the road. You don't want to stop. Throws a bottle out the open window, only for it to come back and through a different window and give their drummer a literal golden shower. Damn. I don't know if I'm going to be able to follow that shit, man. That's, that's fucking heavy. That's I, I know, but, but also it kind of gives you guys a little bit of time to just like think about, but also enjoy some of the crazy stories I've heard as well. Because those are always the two I think about. Like, man, those are my absolute favorite stories that I've heard. So <laughs> if you guys can make like a story that has that motive or, you know, it might not even be like that crazy, but you never know what it could lead to. Cause I even heard one where a band got um, stopped at the Canadian border because their drummer has a case of the honesty and told them that um, on the bus, we, we have a taser. So that's also another one where <laughs> they got, they, they got, they got their taser confiscated by the Mounties. Oh, damn. Nice. <laughs> Whatever wants to start, I'll let you guys take it away. All right. Uh, I'm David, um, vocals and guitar in Poltergeist. Um, and a crazy story. Uh, probably the weirdest fucking thing that I've ever experienced with this band was several years ago, long before we had any of the music that we have streaming now, it was like some old stuff that we don't have up anymore. Um, we opened a show for Corey Feldman. I love this fucking story. <laughs> which, like, the actual Corey Feldman. Um, it was the strangest fucking night of my life, probably in general. Um, but we, we were probably the second out of three bands that opened before him. And there was a few hundred people in the crowd. And we, I mean, we put on a good performance that night. Everything was sharp. But we're a post-hardcore band. So opening for Corey Feldman was kind of weird, but like we just took the gig because uh, the practice space we were at at the time, the owners were like, hey, we've got this like cool gig. We can hook you up. And then they're like, yeah, it's with Corey Feldman. And we're like, fuck it. Sure. Like, why? Like, this is going to be weird. Why not? And it was very fucking weird. No one in the crowd cared about anything except for Corey Feldman. So we played our entire set without any applause. (laughs) Like we would finish a song and I'm telling you like a couple hundred people just stared at us (laughs) and I had to communicate with this crowd and act like I still wanted them to be hyped up. But like after three songs, I was like, I'm ready to just fucking walk off, dude. Like this is 
the most nerve wracking shit I've ever been through. <laughs> All these people just stare at me. And uh, we made it through the set. Uh, it was pretty horrible. It was <laughs> not a fun time. But the weirdest thing about, <laughs> well, maybe not the weirdest thing, but one of the weirder things about this night is that the venue at the time up in Louisville was a half strip club, half music venue. <laughs> And so it was literally like if you walked in the door, it was like you've got music venue over here where the stage is at. So you'd have Corey Feldman up on the stage and you look over to the other side and you've got just the strip clubs. So There's just shaking ass over on the other side. <laughs> and I was like, we just got no applause. So, I mean, we might as well have been booed off the stage. There's like girls shaking ass over here. And then Corey Feldman's like 45 minutes late to get to the stage and we had to leave. So we didn't even end up getting paid that night. <laughs> and so it's kind of a it was kind of a bag for us all the way around. But that was probably the weirdest night that I would say I've had with the band so far. I don't have any chloroform stories, but I think I think Corey Feldman's pretty fucking weird. That that pretty much is gonna be one I honestly remember because I know of Corey <laughs> Feldman's music and I've it's never weird, heard anyone man. that like performed on the same bill with him and you guys didn't get to see him, but the fact that it was a group of like group of, like two three hundred people that were there specifically for for Corey Feldman and didn't even like react to any music. Like, come on! No, like, it was it was awful. We finished the song and it wasn't even like one of those where it's like, oh, are they done playing yet? It was like very obvious we're done. And I literally just like looked at the crowd for solid five seconds. They just stared at us, and I turned around. Um, we had a different drummer at the time. I turned around and looked at Jade, and I was like, what the fuck do we do? Like. This is so nerve wracking. We just we just powered through it. That's really all we could do. But now when it comes time for you guys to get back up on stage, especially, you know, hopefully post pandemic with everything now that's going on with different shit. I don't even know what's going on more. But hopefully when you guys get up on stage once again, you don't ever have to go through something like that where <laughs> you're getting no applause because everyone in the crowd is there for one of the kids in the Goonies. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen again. But, you know, if we uh, if we got offered another Corey Feldman show, I'd probably take it just to see what the fuck happens. Like, <laughs> hey, they might they, they might honestly put you back at that half venue, half strip club. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Who, who knows? Who knows? Don't make a new one just for that show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, which one do you guys want to go next? And there's two more of you. Um, I'll go. Um, my name is McCartney. <laughs> Um, I played bass in Poltergeist, and I don't even know. Like, this isn't even like music related as far as my story goes. I don't even think it's funny. It's more like crazy. But so outside of like playing music, I skateboard a lot. And there was a time when this was like I don't know, like ten years ago. I feel like I was up in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, and there was just this one gap that was there. And I was like, yeah, let's skate this thing. Went up, looked at my dude, and he was like, yeah, like. You know, are you good to go? I was like, I'm good. Like, this thing is like parking lot to parking lot over like a fence. Basically, I tried to go for it, cracked my skull open, hit my head on the ground, internal bleeding on the brain, went to the hospital. Yeah, was a, that was a lot of fun. You know, like not remembering a whole day of your life. <laughs> it's pretty insane. But I mean, yeah, not funny, but wild, I guess. Well, I mean, you kind of took my little bit of like a story prelim thing in a little bit of a different way where I was hoping that you would make me laugh enough to make me fall down and smack my on the table and give me cushion. Yeah, but, but I did like it, though. You literally <laughs> did that in the story. <laughs> but hey, you know, 
what's life without trying some stupid shit and having those stupid stories? And, well, we all have times in life where we don't remember certain things that happen on certain days or forget a whole period and have to go back and try and backtrack. I mean, I've got one of those, but it didn't involve me cracking my head open on concrete. It involved me drinking almost an entire bottle of tequila. Nice. Which is, I think, how <laughs> it should be there. at times. We've been there. We've been there. <laughs> been there. Done that. Might do it again. Probably do it again. <laughs> All right, got one more. All right, Casey, you're up. Uh, I'm Casey, like you just said. You even introduced <laughs> me here. Uh, I play guitar in Poltergeist, and I'm going to be real with you. I have no stories. I am so boring. I just play guitar in this band, and that's kind of it. We actually keep them underneath the, uh, like in the cutboard. Yeah, they keep me chained <laughs> up in his cupboard and just bring me out during like practice or whenever we need to write or go to shows or that a robot. Like this. He's Otherwise, a robot. just stuck back in there. Streaming from the crawl space right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like like it's really roomy up here. I don't know how they fucking managed it. I was gonna say, they, if that's the crawl space you're shooting from, that is a very, very roomy crawl space. You might have like the Taj Mahal of crawl spaces right there, my friend. Harry Potter. Very, Harry Potter. It's a very elevated house. <laughs> yeah, it's actually only one story, but for some reason, the like attic is huge. I don't know what's up with it. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> what from like looking like, oh, you know, this might actually be a thing. It's all of a sudden, no, that was an entire joke. It just went oh. way, way over my head. <laughs> well... That's one way to kind of go through that, but that is definitely not kind of the crazy story, but also you guys did make me look like a fool on that one, Casey, so congratulations, my friend. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. That'll be the next story I tell on the next podcast. Finally, I have one to tell. You know what? I'm, I'm here to give, man. I'm here to give. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. So one of the big reasons why I'm, I'm talking with you guys today is especially because you guys have a brand new EP coming out on August 13th of 2020 called, I believe, Vantablock, if I got that right. If I didn't, you guys can make fun of me right now because, well, then you got another story to tell, but I hope I got it right. I mean, Vantablock, Vantablock. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're close to Vantablock, Vantablock, yeah. <laughs> same shit. It's a made-up word anyway, who cares? Yeah, it's a made-up word for a made-up caller. Who gives a shit? Yeah, but somebody yeah. bought it, though, right? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. didn't someone yeah. buy I think I saw someone on, like, some sort of Facebook post you guys made. It was like someone bought that color and copyrighted the name off yeah. it. Did you guys have any trouble with that at all when it came to naming it, the EP this? My, actually, that was one thing. Uh, when the name was suggested, I actually looked into that a lot because I was this guy that owns the color is apparently a fucking asshole um, and has sued a lot of people just for using the color. Uh, so he owns the legal rights to use the color on anything, but apparently he does not own the legal rights of the name. So we're, we're in the clear on that. Okay. But, now that is, yeah, definitely... that was the thing that I looked into a little bit. Yeah. Well, cause well, intervals has a new <laughs> album or EP out coming out soon called Avanta black too. Well, yeah. And now everybody's going to think we're just copying them, I guess, but <laughs> we did it first. <laughs> you heard it here first. Poltergeist did it first, but I'm kind of surprised that someone could copyright an entire color. Because wouldn't that just be something kind of more in the stream of public domain at this point? Well, it, it's a new it, color. It's yeah, it's because Vantablack, it's like not on the color spectrum, I guess. it's It was like invented in a lab. The darkest black. It's If you've never seen a the picture of it, it's really black crazy. Times like, infinity or some bullshit like mm -hmm. that. 
Yeah, they had like a, I guess like a aluminum foil, like, I don't know what it is, if it's a liquid or what that they had, but I had a picture of it where it looks, it's like aluminum foil opened up and it just looks like negative space. Like it's just black. I'm going to take a look at it right hey, now. It's hard okay. to grab. It doesn't look like. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, I think it was like invented and then he just like bought the rights to it or something. I don't know. Yeah, because like if I'm looking at it right now, it's but, just I see the picture of the color inside like that aluminum foil and it literally just looks like a black hole. It, it just looks like the color yeah. black. That's basically it. So I don't really necessarily know exactly how they yeah. could have created something like that in a lab. But then again, I'm not the smartest person in the world when it comes to different things with chemistry. So or whatever the hell they created this yeah. way. But still, it's just interesting that. There have been a lot of people that have been sued by this guy because he has a copyright over the color, but doesn't have a copyright over the name. So as long as you guys didn't use the color in like the album artwork, I think you're in the clear. Yeah, we're in the clear. There's no Vanta Black in the album art, just normal black. Well done on that one. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to bring it up at some point because I did see it on that Facebook post. I did see the comment on it, and I'm, I'm thinking, I got to know the story behind this. So now I know. Yeah, wow, it's, it's, it's a crazy story. I remember hearing about that like years ago when it was happening. But uh, yeah, it's a weird, weird story, weird guy. Hey, I mean, it's 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 the world in 2021. There's a lot of weird people out there. I go buy the color True. blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to make it like a really specific blue, like seafoam green blue or some bullshit like that. Cerulean. Get the blue. Oh, yeah, Cerulean. That would have been a good one. There you go. You know what? I am buying the rights to Tickle Me Pink right after this podcast. And oh, then I'm going to have that. <laughs> I'm going to get Elmo Red. <laughs> Let's go. If, if you got the if you got the rights to Elmo Red, I'm pretty sure the people that run Sesame Street would start owing you a shit ton of money. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That, yeah. Honestly, I'm buying Highland with all that copyright money. Next thing you know, Poltergeist is going to have their own entire island just to hang out on. And all of a sudden, hey, you guys want to go see Poltergeist play a live show? Yeah, I'll just go out to their own island and see what happens. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see Corey Feldman out there because, well. No, we'll, we'll invite him. We'll invite him. Yeah, he'll, but, he'll open the show. Well, of course. Corey <laughs> Feldman open the show. Yeah. <laughs> a hologram like, of him. This sounds like a crazy revenge. I feel like David's been, like, brewing in his mind feel, the past 10 years. <laughs> I've been playing the long game. Hey man, I've been playing a lot. I feel like we're gonna piss off a bunch of Goonies fans on this podcast or something. They're gonna be like, oh, I don't know who these guys. Are. <laughs> oh, 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 don't, don't worry. I'm pretty sure I'm in good with the Goonies fans due to the fact that the day that we record this podcast, I released a podcast I did with Bert from the band Chunk No Captain Chunk, and I gave a lot of praise for the name because it was original as all hell and it's funny. So I think when it comes to the Goonies yeah. fans, I think we're in the clear on this podcast. <laughs> All right, that's good. That's good. We got a little, uh, a little. We won't be taken down by the Goonies of, fans. A bit of preface built up. Yeah, wouldn't want <laughs> yep. that. We, we got a little embarrassing way to go out. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> yeah. So what happened to Poulter guys? Why'd they go out? Um, the Goonies fans were definitely not feeling it. Got took down by the Truffle Shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if the Goonies fans do come after you, I feel like that could definitely be a name of a song. Took down by the Truffle Shuffle. <laughs> That's some Chiodo shit right there, dude. <laughs> that is. We have, we have 
have not named any of our new songs on EP2 yet, so you never know what you might see. Hmm, I'm gonna be exper- I'm gonna be waiting for some sort of like Goonies reference off of that, or some sort of Corey <laughs> Feldman reference off of that, just because. Yeah, they never know. You guys might all of a sudden grow to a point where Corey Feldman has to actually open for you, and it might not be on a private island. It might actually be in a legitimate <laughs> venue that's not also a strip club at the same point as well. <laughs> you think Corey I, I, I will say, I will say that venue was fucking cool. It, it sounds bizarre. It was a cool venue, though. Uh, the venue side of it was nice. They're not around anymore, but uh, it was just it just added to the bizarre factor of that whole night. I guess that kind of makes sense just to add to the whole entire weirdness factor. But still, I wonder if there's there's got to be other venues that are around the United States that are also half venue, half strip club that you guys could potentially pull something like this off and have Corey open for you guys. Oh, yeah. There has to be one somewhere. Yeah, probably in, like, I don't know, fucking Minnesota or some other <laughs> Midwestern state. I don't let's know. Not, my- let's not. Just Don't Minnesota. piss off the Midwesterners too, man. We're gonna have bo- Midwesterners Goonie fans like coming after us. You're gonna charge at us with pitchforks while they're yelling, "Oh, my bad." <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm from the Midwest, and honestly, this I just, it, I don't think you're gonna piss anyone off. I think it's, everyone's just kind of like, ah, "This is kind of funny." <laughs> Not only that, but plus when it comes to the Midwest, when it comes to, you know, especially when it comes to like anything rock and metal, any of the subgenres that kind of branch off that, including post-hardcore. One thing I've seen is especially in the Midwest is even though when it comes to pop culture, when it's still more focused on pop, hip hop and rap and depending upon what part of the country are in pop country. Still, when it comes to rock metal and their subgenres, the Midwest still has like this really strong base when it comes to fans where I've seen this still when it comes to live music, where people just come out in droves for those shows, even over some of the ones that you would think that would sell out much more than them. I mean, I've been to the rave here in Milwaukee where Ice Nine Kills sold out the basement of the rave, and the pop the pop artist that was going to be the headliner at the ballroom that was upstairs, it was they were trying to find a way to kind of switch everything up due to the fact that the demand for the Ice Nine Kill tickets were so heavy or so much that's like, okay, we might need to move this thing to a different like level of the venue, but they couldn't because they had different artists already booked in all those different levels. So it was like those tickets were really, 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 really hard to come by. And so I'm lucky <laughs> I bought mine like right away when I found them. Like, okay, I'll just go give this a shot. And I got to tell you, the crowd was just insane, but the bands also put on a great show as well. So if you guys ever came to the Midwest, I don't think that you would have a problem, even if you make a couple of you know jokes and piss off you know the Midwest Goonie fans. I think everyone will just forget about it after a couple of days. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully we can do that someday. I've, I've never really explored the, the Midwest here in the States much. So I'd, I'd like to come out and play show and see what's up. I'd say definitely give it a shot if you guys have a chance to, because it, also another good way to look at it is too is think about when Warp Tour was around and where Warp Tour really hit on a lot of different places. When it was really hitting, I mean, it was really going off, like especially a place in the Midwest. Milwaukee was always a big place. Chicago, if it ever stopped in Minneapolis, Indianapolis, even if it stopped in Iowa, because of course you got the Slipknot connection, so you're gonna get the want for heavier music there. It just really worked out well. Rest in peace, Joey Jorison. <sighs> sad times. <laughs> sad times, especially like because that happened the day before we shot this podcast. Right. Seems like, 
Yeah, it seems like yeah. David might have frozen up on us a little bit. Yeah, David's been freezing a little bit for like the past uh, hour or so. <laughs> oh, oh, there he goes. He's gone. Gone, but not forgotten. Mm. All right, am I good? Y'all were like so. <laughs> clipping out on me hard. <clears throat> yeah, you're clipping uh, out on us real hard too, man. Yeah, Zoom just like went to your camera and it said, David Gillespie. I never say your last name, and I'm never gonna say it right. David Gillespie, fucking da- network bandwidth is low, and you're just froze for like a fucking hour. Damn. Damn. Oh well, I'll put it this way: this is not the first time I've dealt with something like this. I mean, there was I did a podcast with Matt from Blacktop Mojo. My my internet cut out completely for like five straight minutes. I'm just like. Okay, but hey, I'm used to it, so it's nothing that's gonna be, you know, and nothing, too, nothing's too crazy for me on the Court Progression podcast. Honestly, I really like the name of the podcast. Uh, I'm not in the Facebook group, so I didn't know what the name of the podcast was. I'm just like, they just relay the information to me, and it's like, oh, we're doing a podcast. Cool, can I join in? I can. <laughs> Sick. All right, I'm in. Well, thank. You. I've never had actually had someone just like blatantly be like, hey, they like the name of the podcast. It's just. Usually it's like, oh, okay, you know, that's th- like, oh, that's the name. Okay, cool. I've never had someone just be like, you know, I really like the name. So, Casey, thank you. Thank you. Now I've got what another, was, what was it again? It was DGG fucking Coheed and Cambrio. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was the DGD demo team. But that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. But yeah, no, fucking Gord Progression Podcast. That's honestly a cool name. Oh, yeah. I get released. Well, well, thank you. It was one that I came up with literally on the spot one day when I'm like, okay, what do I call this podcast? All righty, let's think of something that would be kind of more musical realm. All right, we're going to go with this. And it looks like we might have actually, fo- uh, I think we may have had David back. I have no idea what's going on. I think I'm back. I don't know what I'm, the, I don't, I David, literally am on Wi Fi and have nothing else open. David, do you, my <laughs> do you even know where you're at? <laughs> Is this That's definitely a space. Yeah, I mean, of us know David's I'm lost in Vandenberg. <laughs> yeah, David might actually be the one in the crawl space. But before this <laughs> kind of gets, you know, potentially too off the rails, one thing I do also want to focus on going back into Vantablock is when I was taking a look at, you know, the explanation for the album. That's one thing whenever I go through songs, that's one thing I dive deep into is trying to figure out the explanation. Taking a look at the one that was sent to me, it said, Vantablock is an exploration of the human mind, body, and soul, a reflection on the past, a consideration of the future. And decision to utilize the present. So this whole entire idea of kind of exploring and reflecting on the human condition and on yourself as well. What was the biggest influence behind using this as the theme for the EP? Um, It honestly kind of happened by accident. It wasn't something that I really intended from the start when I was writing to the songs because we did lyrics and vocals last Um but it was moreover just I had a lot of separate little pieces of writing, like little poems that I had written outside of the music, like long before any of it was written. And they all kind of happened to fit that theme. And I noticed that a lot of this was fitting over the songs. And as I was writing, you know, testing out different vocal melodies with it, and it ended up coming together just kind of perfectly, like, completely unintended and realizing that maybe you aren't who you want to person in order to do 
Dave, we keep you keep cutting out, especially towards <laughs> yeah. the end of that one, man. The worst part is that question's all David. <laughs> yeah, man, it it kept cutting out a little bit, especially towards the end. Kind of like what's talking about? Kind of like accidentally fell into it just with the music. Damn. <laughs> like on my end, it literally shows it literally shows you guys like still moving and everything, and like it looks completely normal on my end. I don't even hear anything like weird now. You good now? Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. But if the, I mean, the fact that you kind of just like stumbled into this sort of mindset behind the EP based of what you were writing. <laughs> That makes a total amount of sense because you're letting the music just dictate where the meaning of the album is going to go. And you're using the music to relate to different emotions, different mindsets, different thoughts that you have. So when it comes to really writing the lyrics for this EP and really bringing this full theme into the force, you're really going to have a lot of emotional connection behind it. Because when you're listening to the music, you're listening to the different ways that the guitars, the bass and the drums are working together to bring out this style you're able to really connect that and then put the lyrics on top of it to make yourself connect with it, but also make the listener really connect with what you're trying to talk about the exact same time. Yeah, exactly. It, it I kind of just wanted to have it be something that people could relate to in different ways. And it wouldn't be anything that's a little overly specific um, lyrically, which I don't really like to do that. Anytime I write lyrics, I like it to be a little, a little bit open-ended I have an idea maybe of what I'm thinking when I write it, but I want people to be able to pull what they want from it. And uh, yeah, so it did kind of just fall in, into place. Perfect. Well, I'm always a big proponent of that as well when it comes to just that writing style to where you don't want to be too specific because then if you're too specific, unless people really f fall in with exactly what you're talking about and exactly your experience behind it, they're not going to relate. But if you're way too vague at the same point, people are going to get lost in the song. So if you're metaphorical enough to where you're going to make it, you know, not super specific, but also guided in a way so that people can just really follow along with the song and also then make their own meaning with their own experience on top of it. That's where music really becomes the most impactful. Yeah, yeah, I fully agree. That's exactly like, I, that's exactly where I'm at. I used to write a lot of very, very vague stuff. And I mean, really just because I enjoyed the wordplay, but eventually I realized like if, if I want to make an impact at all with what I'm writing, which I do, um, I gotta be, you know, I gotta be a little bit more guided, uh, in what I'm saying rather than what I was doing before. So yeah, I I'm in full agreement with that. And honestly, when it really comes down to it, when I took a look, cause I dove deep in all five of the songs on the EP, did my full analysis of what I do on, you know, every single time for this podcast and out of the three, the one that stood out to me the most in terms of really bringing that sort of emotion to the forefront in the most conceptual and instrumentally constructed way was the third song of the EP, Sword Swallower. Yeah, that's that's probably, I would say, all of our favorites. That one, I mean, just musically, that one really hits hard and we yeah. really fucking love playing that one. Um, but yeah, lyrically, I would say that one definitely does kind of encapsulate everything that's going across the EP the most because it, it's kind of like a middle point between leaving behind who you don't want to be and moving forward into something you do want to be. I mean, I think like I, said, I looked at just the uh, explanation that was, I saw on the song kind of had that like idea of like anxiety where it's like you're swallowing swords and like that one like subtle movement that if it's not perfect, 
could potentially like completely destroy you by you know you know it's being more literal if you're swan swords like cutting your throat slicing your neck open next thing you know you're dead lying on the ground so is there some sort of built-up anxiety behind it and it kind of just talks i thought like relates a little bit more talking about the mental toll that can take because again using that idea just the slightest deviation from the plan can make you feel like you're choking and make you as uncomfortable as possible it kind of looks to understand that you know kind of what you're talking about to where the person that you don't want to be is this person controlled by this anxiety controlled by this fear and you want to be someone that understands that that fear and that anxiety does exist but not only able to live with it but also live past it yeah yeah exactly i mean that's that's it did end up kind of coming together just really well and and sort of accidentally but that that is exactly like the kind of feeling that i wanted to portray with it and i think now more than ever especially after last year more people than ever are dealing with anxiety at varying levels you know some people it's it's a passive thing that they can deal with and other people it can control their entire lives and it's something that i had really struggled with for a while so it was just it yeah, it just kind of came together really well. And I think it's nice that that message gets put over probably the most fun play song, fun to play song. Um, and arguably the heaviest one across the record, I would say, too. I would say so. Yeah. Easily, yeah. Easily the heaviest one. I mean, it. It every time we play a lot, uh, like practice, anytime <laughs> like that, it's like we get, you know, like we get into it. And as soon as we get the sword swallower, it's just, I don't even know. I feel like I'm playing a show the moment we start kicking it off. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean like listening to the song right when you kick it off, because you use some more of those like faster drum bursts with the higher pitch style guitar that kind of mix in some of the ele- like heavier elements that makes it sound like a heavier style guitar work that you would expect kind of from someone like Will Swan from dance game. It's kind of like the weedily weedily style. And I'm like, when I took a look at it, I liked the move because that kind of fever pitch buildup just from that really hits here, right? Because you feel a bit more anxious to what's going on through the entire song right from the get-go. So I can see where all of a sudden, if you're bringing up some more of those ideas of anxiety, right from the get-go, you're really bringing that on with this more fever pitch when it comes to this harder kind of weedly, weedly, isk-ish, you know, isk-ish inspired guitar work along with some, you know, faster drum burst behind it as well. So it totally makes sense to really bring that out right in the forefront. This is just at the beginning of the song. So McCartney, I can easily see what you're talking about when it starts, when you guys start practicing the song, start playing it, you really get the energy right behind mm-hmm. it because it's brought right in the forefront, right when you start. Right. No, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely one of them. That's just like way more. Uh, yeah. Just like what you were saying, like as soon as it kicks in, it's just like, it's in your face. Like, the whole time, you know, until it's, you know, we got it, it slows down a little bit midways, but you know, it's for the most part, yeah, it's just, it's straight up, it's in your face. And I don't know, that's what I love. <laughs> yeah, because even like right after that intro, you get to that first verse, the heavier intro style again, added more to feel like is added a little bit more onto it. So you look at more of like that anxiety drive going forward. And it works because, you know, I'm still feeling throughout this song, this controlling power of anxiety that you're feeling right from the intro. So it feels like a little more controlling, but then all of a sudden, you kind of drop back the guitar, but that drumming at like right after it does stay more rapid. And it is a change up that kind of gets me because the drums make the entire song still fully feel like the anxiety is there, but it also feels like it's taking force of what's going to end up coming forward just because that guitar work drops. So it kind of makes you feel a little bit more relaxed, but that backing drumming just with it's a little bit of like a more faster rapid pace still amps up that anxiety within you. So it's kind of like it doesn't necessarily go away and kind of talking about where I was going with the theme of this, where it doesn't necessarily feel like that anxiety is going away, but instead of having to 
let it control you. It's knowing that's in the background, but knowing how to deal with it, knowing how to live with it, knowing how to live past it. Yeah, I would say that that sums it up pretty well. I think you hit all the nails on the head with that one. <laughs> hey, man, I love going deep into these songs and really seeing kind of like if where you guys were thinking about this and then kind of seeing how this all came forward because – I mean, it keeps going. When you got to the chorus, that drumming, it became a little bit more simplistic, so it wasn't as rapid. It was a little more of like a simplistic drum beat style. But the higher pitch, again, intro style guitar, that kind of reminded me like a little bit of a heavier dance, Gavin dance style, returns once again to give the higher pitch fever to the calmness of the song. And it keeps the song switching up on a dime. And I'm all for it because the song constantly keeps us on our toes so we don't get stuck in the comfort of anxiousness <clears throat> because it's kind of like misery loves company and people do sometimes really just kind of sink into the anxiousness and just live there because they don't know necessarily how to get out. It's kind of the constant change is not letting you sit into potentially letting this anxiety really come over you and take hold of you at the exact same time. Yeah, no, I, I, I would hundred percent agree with that for sure. But, uh, like I think like kind of like what based off like what you were saying, you know, like the whole build up to it and then like being, encased in all that anxiety but i don't know like i I love how like you were saying it's all over the place you know it's keeping you on your toes and stuff like where i guess just coming from it musically every other band kind of does that whole typical you know it's like here's this part we have a breakdown here's this part then we have the ending breakdown you know it's this it's like like you i don't know if you've never heard it before and your first time ever hearing it it's you're gonna have no idea where it's going yeah, because even trying to like run through this thing, I'm like, okay, this is going here, this is going here, this is going here. What <laughs> the hell is exactly going on? But one thing that always happens is, is even when it comes to music that necessarily isn't like our style of music that we would potentially listen to, like I've seen this in different like synthwave projects, different like alt indie projects as well, where it's just sometimes the sounds just necessarily don't hit with me. But when I take a look at really diving deep into the reason behind it and seeing how that impacts I mean, with your guys' sound here, I love the fact that it's constantly changing up on this song because it really speaks that theme of anxiety constantly kind of coming at you in many different ways. And also potentially when you're trying to break through that, not letting you get complacent and letting that anxiety take over you because you just don't know what to do and you're tired and you don't want to just, it's like, oh, you know, I just kind of give up in a way. It's just that right. constant changing because if anxiety is going to come at you one way, it's going to come at you a different way. It's all taking a look at that and all bringing that to the forefront. Yeah, exactly. That kind of ebb and flow, which um, is something that I've lived through for like years of my life. Um, it, it definitely is. It, it it like excites the hell out of you one moment. And then later in the night, like you're just dead exhausted from it. And then it's just like a repetitive cycle. Um, but I think like the song kind of bridges the gap between those feelings into finding an exit. And, and finally, like, whether that be in, like, seeking treatment or therapy or what have you, like, whatever works for you, um, which kind of segs into the next song, I feel like, with it, to sort of address those things. Yeah, because the next song in that one is, if I remember correctly, that is uh, Fortune Teller, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it kind of does the exact same time as well, because I really dove deep into that one with more of the meaning behind it. I mean, what I took from it was kind of looking inward and just looking at what you're seeing on the inside and seeing like, okay, who am I as a person right now? 
and not necessarily liking what you're seeing because it sort of begs the question to take a look at yourself and if the actions that you've been taking in life are matching up with what you want to do in life and with your dreams as well and ambitions. And the, the dislike is when you realize that your actions have been going against what you necessarily want to do in life, potentially to appease the appease other people, appease your family, appease your friends, appease just the general public because people some people have this innate feeling like they need to be liked, even at the cost of their own personal selves. So kind of really just having to look and take a look at into that and kind of using where Sword Swallower kind of came in. This does create a lot of anxiety behind it because you there's a lot of anxiety to just let yourself be open, let yourself be present, let yourself be you in the world because people might not like who you really are. But at the same point, it kind of begs the question, well, if you're going to live life without who you are, are you really living life? Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And that's, uh, that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what I was trying to do was just have like a, um, with the order of the songs and the way it went, it was just sort of like fell into place, but it was like sword swallower would address the fact that people do these mental health challenges. They do fuck up their lives. Well, it, and it can't help it. You know, like it takes over your life if it's something that you struggle with bad enough. And then fortune teller is basically like, okay, there are things that I need help with, but there's also things that I've got to admit that I need to do differently if I want to get that help. And if I want to become a better person and overcome these things. And so, yeah, fortune teller is kind of, it's a bit hectic and it's a bit back and forth uh, sonically also, which matches up with the lyrics well, because it's that back and forth examination of self all over again. But then you kind of get that, like, that realization at the end of the song that pairs up with the little funkiness where it's sort of like, okay, like if you, if you actually give a shit, you might, you might do well, you know, you might get what you want. You might come out as a winner. And I feel like in that way, at least the last three songs on the EP kind of seg into each other and, and all kind of tie together kind of nicely with that, those ideas. See, one thing I really wanted to ask you was when it came to Fortune Teller is with more of the funky guitar style that you had on this one, really work with the post-hardcore style, was what was the reason specifically behind that? Because given the theme of the song, when I look at it myself, like I, if I'm looking at inside myself and all of a sudden I see things that I don't necessarily like and I want to try and find a way to potentially change that, I usually associate something that's heavier, harder, more raw just because... I associate this with more of like this anger so that you get motivated to kind of go against that. But the reason that is just because that's how my mind works. So when it came to bringing in more of this like funky kind of guitar style in a post hardcore song to really tell this message, what was the big reason behind that? So that when it comes to people kind of connecting with the song way, kind of connecting the message with the sound, just kind of figuring that out a little bit more. Well, honestly it was, we were it, since Musically, everything happened before any lyrics or like vocals or anything were written. Um, we were working with Andrew Bayless in the studio as well as Cole Clark. Those are two producers for the record. And Andrew um, was like he wrote the guitar and everything. So we were we were actually working on Fortune Teller. And he was like uh, he was actually thinking maybe we should do a breakdown here, kind of like what you were saying. And yeah. I was like, no, nah, man, like, let's switch it up. Let's do something different. Like, let's just go left field on him. And, uh, he ended up coming forward with that really interesting, funky idea. And 
That I like that idea because it did remind me a lot of uh, DGD a whole bunch, and uh, we're all obviously pretty big fans of them. I feel like all post hardcore people are really, <laughs> but uh, we uh, I, I always wanted to do kind of like a nice little moment where I would sync up with the instrumentals, like have my vocals sync up with it. So it was one of those things that it didn't really have an emotional attention to begin with, um, but in a way it ended up working out nicely kind of just like all these other parts did um because for me it's kind of like going through sword swallower and most of fortune teller that is the parts where you're facing everything that you don't like about life and about yourself and then by the time you hit the end of fortune teller you're sort of starting to see the brighter side of things where maybe you can you can build something good you can make something positive you know um so it didn't happen that way intentionally but Oftentimes when I'm writing vocals and lyrics, nothing really comes intentionally. It's sort of, I just try out different things. And then once I'm done with it, I look back and I go, oh, that actually means this. Like it actually came out, meant this thing that I didn't even intend it to mean. And I feel like that's kind of an interesting thing that happens all on its own. Okay, now I kind of see where you're coming from with that because, again, like, I could see where all of a sudden that part with the break where there could have been a breakdown there because that's kind of what I was waiting for. I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to go heavy. Because, yeah. again, that's just how my mind was working when it came to relating to this message. And when it came to the bridge kind of building up with that, I'm like, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. And I'm thinking about, you know, <laughs> the anger that's going to come to really force this change. But instead, it kind of like with the way the guitar works, that more like funkier sound to really give more of like just this more brighter kind of feel to it. It really does match up with the feeling of, you know. Oh, just look on the brighter side of life in a way, instead of just, you know, getting super duper angry and kind of like forcing the change, kind of just soothing yourself into it at the same time as well. I think that's kind of a little bit more of where my mind's working with how this connects overall, especially with what you just said, David. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, in my mind, if if you want to stick to your goals of bettering yourself as a person, you can't just be pissed off about the circumstances you're in. You have to see the things that make you want to reach those goals in the first place and you got to appreciate them. So there it's going to be difficult, but there's, there's going to be plenty of good. There's going to be plenty of things that excite you and, and reasons to pull yourself up out of that hole. It can't be just darkness or otherwise you're just jumping from one hole to the next. I can easily understand that a little bit more now. Again, just it's all depends upon how your mindset really works when it really comes to getting deep into these songs. And this was one that I did have trouble with, again, because when it comes to just how my mind works, when it comes to this kind of a topic, I always relate more to the not necessarily the anger of jumping from one hole to the other, but just using that sort of anger as a motivation to get to that point that you want to get to, to get to that brighter side of life. Where this one, again, it kind of had this feeling of, you know, you notice it and you're going to instead of just like, you know, completely like punching, kicking and like fighting your way over to it and basically beating down all the badness. It's like, you're going to leave that negativity and that anxiousness and the things you dislike off to the side, you're going to walk away from them into the brighter, better style that you want to go with. Really yeah. Just, yeah. I can't wait to see the pits whenever that song plays. Cause it just, I can just see it now, like the build up for it. <laughs> and then they're just all like, Oh yeah, it's happening. It's just like, Oh yeah, no, we're just, we're yeah, shitting on your day right now. Sorry. Psych. Psych. <laughs> I gotta be, I gotta feel, I gotta be in a pit for one of those. Cause it's going to be like, everyone's gonna be like, Oh shit. Oh shit. I'm just gonna be sitting there thinking, Oh shit. The way we like to label it, like whenever we're even playing it, it's like, you know, fortune teller just has a surprise dance party at the end. 
Like I just imagine it just being a rave at the end. <laughs> yeah. Dude, we need to get a light show for it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Can we get the Mashuko light show to do that shit with us? <laughs> you got you got the money for him, yeah. Uh, I'll only. say because that that kind of like just surprise little dance like party that just <laughs> happens like in the middle of it kind of reminds me of the bridge in Ice Nine Kill single Hip to Be Scared because it kind of goes that like eighties like Huey Lewis yeah. thing. It's like what the hell is actually going on here? So it's kind of funky. It's kind of fun. It kind of just gets you in the groove, and then all of a sudden, and their song all of a sudden there's a heavy breakdown right after. It's like okay, this is freaking awesome. You guys were taking it's like okay, we're built that heavy breakdown, and now funky dance party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it in your face we yeah that's probably if there's ever a staple of our music it's that we try not to do the same things we always like throw something really weird in there and and psych people out and really just like to explore different different genres that we can throw in with post-hardcore so and there'll be a whole lot more of that on ep2 as well so that's that's not something that we're going to be giving up anytime soon we'll still have our breakdowns but yeah yeah and yeah. I do, still be there. I was gonna say I do like that though because then you're really letting yourself expand in your horizons, expand in your musical abilities. Because if you want to throw in some different kind of styles in with your post-hardcore bass, definitely go for it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I feel like post-hardcore kind of thrives best when you do that anyway. Like some of the most interesting bands in post-hardcore throw in these moments of genres that you wouldn't think would blend with them. It's just a very flexible genre, I feel like, that melds well with different things. As you say that, it definitely does, because I'm think- thinking about some of the other ones that I've interviewed recently. Take a look at Capsan. I've seen him throw in some heavier stuff, so maybe some more metalcore stuff in there, stuff as well. Caskets throws in a lot of different alt-rock and some even more of this electronic style as well. Um, the difference between that I've seen them throwing some of that more like lighter metalcore style, some of like a kind of like a little bit of an ascent like wolves inspiration there. I can even see that comes from with Cody with you guys though, especially when it comes to this EP, I felt like there was a lot of like kind of more of that like funk meets kind of like the swan core of dance, Gavin dance in there as well. Like there's a lot of couple different things that are really working within this EP alongside that post hardcore. But again, post hardcore, like you said, is a very flexible genre in itself where it allows itself to be open to blending itself with a bunch of other different styles at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it kind of honestly toes the line between just being like a prog genre, to be honest, or like a subgenre of prog. Um, obviously there's plenty of post-hardcore bands that wouldn't fit that bill because they, they might be a little bit more formulaic in their writing, but that's that's why I enjoy the genre, and I'd say that's probably why all of us enjoy the genre is because you could play stuff that's very on the more formulaic side, like maybe more in lines of like slaves um, or something like that, and then on left field you've got batshit crazy stuff like Closure in Moscow that's just like off the wall, and it all fits together. You know, you can all throw it on a bill together, and it sounds good, and it usually people are a fan of one band or a fan of another because it's just you like to get different flavors with it yeah so then uh casey mccartney what do you guys think about that when it comes to post-hardcore in terms of being this more flexible genre you guys get to play in and really put in a lot of different other things in your music and allow them to work yeah no i mean um i mean to be quite frankly honest like i mean i never even was like a fan of dgd like before i joined this band i kind of just learned to like really like them like i had to sit down with them and really just 
give them a shot, right? I come from a time whenever like half heart was like a thing, and you know, I mean, I'm more on like the wage for um, ghosts insides, devils are proud of all that <laughs> stuff, but like, um. So yeah, it was a little bit different for me coming into it, but like as you know, like as you say that's, you know, you sit down with it, you can pull from all different types of stuff and just make all different types of songs sound like way different. I don't know. Just I don't know. It's a unique experience for me, for sure. I mean, for me before I even joined this band, I didn't even like Post Dark Door. Yeah. I didn't like any <laughs> Post Dark Door I've heard. I didn't like, you know. Actually, David's brainwashed us. No, I'm kidding. No, it's true. actually like forced me to sit down in front of a computer and listen to TGD on repeat for a thousand hours. <laughs> I managed to break out at hour 100. Somehow it just got into the Fall of Troy a little bit too much. And I will say I love the Fall of Troy. Yeah. <sighs> Like, yeah, Casey and I kind of like swapped bands early on in him joining. Yeah, I would show him like different post-hardcore bands since he didn't know the genre very well. And then he'd show me all these badass like death metal and black metal bands and shit. And we've like gotten each other into <laughs> into each other's stuff. Yeah, like my whole background is like pretty much just that whole realm of extreme metal, you know, like death, emperor, that kind of shit. Not, not the Nazi black metal bands they can fuck off, but, you know, the good ones. <laughs> And yeah, joining after joining this, uh, after joining Bulger guys, like David really helped like open my eyes. And so did McCartney, Cam, but mostly David, because we shared music a lot. He kind of opened my eyes to like more innovative post-art tour bands because beforehand I'd only heard like you know what everyone's heard on the radio before for post-art tour, you know, uh, Pierce the Veil, and like that's the only one I can really think of right now. Which they aren't bad. I just didn't like them you know but there's a lot of innovation in this genre that i didn't know existed because i'd never explored it before and getting more into it i i like it you know and i'm starting to realize just how malleable of a genre this is because you can take an influence from damn near anything like Seder brings in fucking sugar rhythms into like their dgd licks and it works out fine so, yeah, this genre's. I don't know where I'm going with this. I feel like that's the thing I, I, feel like that's the thing I say almost every fucking podcast I'm on, dude. I swear to God. Like, every time I'm in rage, I just forget what I'm saying halfway through. Well, see, but what you were saying was rather profound at that point where it's just, it takes time. When it comes to uh, post hardcore, it's. It's really hard to kind of define because there's so much that can be thrown in there that it's it's like working with clay. It's so malleable and so formulate or so formable where you can kind of create it in your own thing because there's so many other things you can add to it. Even yeah. for myself, like when I started out the <clears throat> when I started out this podcast, my big things were uh hard rock and punk rock, and that was basically it. Yeah. But then all of a sudden I started listening to metal car. I'm like, oh shit, here the fuck we go. And it's just like, okay, <laughs> let's see if there's gonna be anything else that gets added to the to my list. And ever since, you know, doing this podcast and really starting to bring out some more post-hardcore bands, that's really where all of a sudden I'm starting to really get into it a little bit more just because I have given Dance Gavin Dance a chance. I have some other stuff. It all depends upon which song it is for me. There's some stuff I really like. There's some stuff I'm just kind of like I pass on it because it just doesn't necessarily hit with me. But I can see why a lot of people like it. And then when it comes to other post-hardcore bands, like, okay, there's, there's like, here's post-hardcore, but it's in a little bit more of this influence. This one has a little more of this influence. Pierce Vale has more of this kind of influence. There's this, this, this. It's like, okay, let's open this up a more. And I have like Pierce Vale before I even started this, but it's kind of cool just to see 
how different shapes and forms that the post hardcore can take based on each band because of how they in how they use all these different influences from so many different places and put them into their music right yeah and that's what i yeah. that's really the cool thing about the genre i feel like like yeah you'll get some derivative bands out there and that's not a problem sometimes you want derivative and sometimes they do it great sometimes it just hits you know but a lot of bands they just have like a lot of different influences from different places and that makes for more interesting music in my opinion oh absolutely because i do get stuff that's a little more derivative a little more formulaic because you do need that sometimes but if you had it just consistently you know every band was trying to be an offshoot of dance gavin dance or take a look at like more like the metalcore realm of every band was trying to be an offshoot of you know, August Burns Red, if every band was trying to be an offshoot of Kill Switch Engage or Azalea Dine, we just get the same stuff over and over and over and over and over and over again. And we wouldn't necessarily want that. If we have like different bands that are like, you know, in these genres, but then bringing in like a bunch of these different influences, we could potentially get something unique and completely different that just completely pops off. Again, Dance Gavin Dance is a perfect example of that. <laughs> where all of a sudden it's like, they base, I mean, Swancore is basically their own style. It's like, okay, what do you consider Swancore? Just Dance Gavin Dance, that's it. Yeah, it's true. They did. They they spawned a lot of derivative bands, um, which is really fucking cool because it is such a niche sound. But yeah, I mean, you can really do anything with the genre, and that's what's always drawn me to it. Because it's just, I've always really enjoyed prog music, and I think post hardcore like ties in with that really nicely. It's just very flexible. It's like a gymnast, as flexible <laughs> as all hell. <laughs> I think that's like really like the biggest takeaway I might have from this podcast is when it comes to post-hardcore music and for everyone else listening as well, just when it comes to post-hardcore specifically is there is so much flexibility out there to the point where there's a lot of chance you can find something that you like that you've never really heard before. Yeah, the genre yeah, is huge. Absolutely. I mean, shit, if, I, if I can get into it, anyone can get into it. <laughs> exactly. And if anyone wants a good way to start getting into it, a good way is to check out Vanta Black, which comes out again August 13th, 2021. So I think this podcast might be out by that time. So if it's out by that time, definitely go check it out because there are five songs on there and make sure to listen to it. One, two, three, four, five. Don't piece it around. Listen to it the first time from top to bottom to really take in every single piece of this album and really take in all the emotion of this album as it was intended by these guys. Oh yeah, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting it out there and uh, seeing what people have to say about it. It's been a good reception for Sword Swallower and Fortune Teller, so hopefully the rest will be that way. Hopefully so. So as we get, bring this podcast to a close, guys, I always like to give you guys a chance to say anything you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug at this given moment. So guys, the floor is yours. <laughs> oh God, we got to plug shit. I mean, if you guys don't want to um, plug shit, I'll plug shit for you guys. I can do that. <laughs> do I, have I would say, uh, I would say, other than uh, the EP uh, coming out, like you, like you just mentioned, um, we are already working on EP two. Um, we're several songs deep into the writing process on that, and we will be going into the studio much sooner than later after release to record a new single so before the year is up you'll get a new single even after vanta black so it'll be oh, coming shit. quick so. hell yeah i'm gonna have to watch out for that one yeah that's about it's, all we can say about it right now but yeah it's a different <laughs> we gotta it's a little bit alone. different sonically than you know vanta black just because i'm writing it this time but 
I think I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it's too far off though. It's not too far off. I don't think it's too far off. A little bit more. I would say honestly, heavier in areas. (laughs) Oh, I'll leave it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to say too much. I want to say too much. People. Yeah. Well, heavier. Once you got rid of guitars completely, we're all just playing bass now. Yeah. I bought, I bought everybody in the band at bass. And I was like, yeah, McCartney, this, is, this is where we're going yeah. with this. McCartney's still playing four string. Me and David are both playing eight string basses. Uh, I have yeah. a five string. I have a five string. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. It's not mine. It's David's. But No, except that now Casey's going to end up having one of those like guitars that's like a regular guitar on top and a bass guitar on bottom. It's just like got two oh, God. sets yeah. of strings. I'll get that whole... You know, fucking <laughs> double neck setup going, you know? <laughs> Give me I one bolt. of those, like, Michelangelo Batio necks where it just, like, goes <laughs> out both sides. One I'm just going to buy a bluegrass bass, like one of the big ones. There you go. <laughs> right. Why don't we I'm do a do bluegrass it. cover of one of our songs? I can play mandolin. <laughs> I've never I'm seen it. David look more disappointed in my life. <laughs> And I've seen that man look disappointed a ton of times. <laughs> I was more of just go for it. Yeah. I thought that was more just like all of a sudden, like, you're breaking my heart, man. The bad thing is, is we could actually pull that up in practice and be like, yeah, we're actually going to do this. And we could, like, oh. Yeah, we could do it. I used to play, I used to play bluegrass music all the time before Poltergeist. So we could do it. Oh, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could. <laughs> I would try. Shit. I would do it for you guys. Post hardcore meets blue. Come on. Post hardcore meets bluegrass. Ooh, I gotta go. Uh, I gotta. If you guys play that live, I gotta be there to, to witness this yeah, because that that would be new. I don't we think that's would have to do it here in Kentucky. Dude, post hardcore meets bluegrass sounds like a pop goes punk like uh, kind of reject. You know, <laughs> punk goes bluegrass. The redheaded stepchild of pop goes punk. Yeah, I, I wanted. I, I wanted anybody do, wants that. Album. I wanted to do disco goes metal chords to see what the hell happened, but um, I would love to play on that. No, I let's let's do an ABBA cover. Well, you say disco, <laughs> disco goes metal oh, chords. So disco songs yeah. that are done by metalcore bands. Yeah, we'll just cover KC and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> Is that disco? I, it's like, it's like in the realm. It's in the realm yeah. of it. If it's in the realm of seventies pop music, then I think you're good. Yeah, they yeah, are yeah. pretty. Yeah. All right, shit, I'm down. Some... <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm gonna have to make sure I try. I keep. I, I've tried to push that a couple of times, but I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. But not gonna stop me from yeah. trying. Yeah. Well, the we'll seed get the ball been, rolling. Yeah, the seed's been planted. We're good. We got it. To plant a seed, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I mean, that means I'm gonna have to have "We Came as Romans" on the album if I ever make that happen. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> But all right, as we close the podcast, I'm going to end this podcast with three things. The first one is for everyone listening, when it comes to Poltergeist, when it comes to making sure that you guys get to listen to the EP, Vance Black, and make sure you are ready for when they release their other new single later on in 2021 and when their second EP releases, you're going to want to be following them on all their socials. You're going to want to be subscribed to them on YouTube where you can watch some of these music videos if they have any of them out there. I hope they do because I completely forgot to check on that. I'm sorry, guys. Um, where you can go check them online if they got any merch out there, where you can find their merch, where you can stream the album, where you can download it. I mean, instead of making you guys like look and search for this stuff, I want you to go to the description of the podcast. You're going to see something that says find Poltergeist online. You're going to see labels. You're going to see links. You have to click on the links and 
It'll take you right there. I'm making it as easy as possible. I'm doing all the work for you. All you got to do is like, share, and subscribe, and listen to their stuff. That's it. I'm doing all the, like, navigation for you. This is easy. This is the easy part. Hell yeah. Yes. yes. We do have a music video out there, too, uh, for Fortune Teller. It's very (laughs) hilarious. So check that shit out. Mostly hilarious because of the first, like, 10 seconds. Dude, it's... Yeah. Don't tell him anything. If you haven't Uh seen it, just watch it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to watch it literally right yeah. after this <clears throat> yeah and now the I second your face coming out <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was God. the most uncomfortable yeah. shit we'll leave we'll great. leave you with that go watch y- y'all go watch the music video if you haven't seen it yeah, it's, a, go it's watch, a fantastic i will i will actually link the music video as well in the description so you guys only have to search that one up i'm gonna make it again easy as possible you can see what goes on these first 10 seconds that i still don't know what the heck happens of course after this podcast i'm gonna know what happens i'm gonna watch it but <laughs> as of now i don't know now the second thing i always end with guys and this is something that when it comes to having bands in the podcast, I love having bands in the podcast. And when I absolutely have a fantastic time with them, I make a certain promise. And this has happened with 100% of the guests I've had on the podcast. And you guys have not decided to break that trend. So the promise I'm making you is this. This is not an if. This is not an if because an if implies possibility. When implies certainty, just not sure on time. So when I get to see Poltergeist perform live for the first time. And hopefully you guys do one of those bluegrass covers because that'd be freaking insane. The promise (laughs) I'm making to the three of you is this. First round's on me. All right. I'll take it. Feel free to hold me to it. All right. I'm writing that in my fucking phone. (laughs) Notes out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm putting this in my notepad. Hell yeah. We go to Milwaukee. Make sure to ask the dude for beer. Make sure to ask Kevin for beer. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, get, go. I'm, I'm gonna get a mess from you guys. Hey, man, remember that? Remember the promise you made? And I was gonna <laughs> respond with, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> uh, yeah. So all of a sudden, gonna, yeah. all of a sudden, you guys are gonna be playing. I'm just gonna be up in the crowd. All of a sudden, I'm gonna be waiting at the bar after the show. It's like, okay, one of the guys from Polter Guy is gonna come. All of a sudden, I'm gonna get this. Hey, man, you buying us a drink? Yep, yep, I am. <laughs> and, then I'll, and then and we'll be good. Hey, I, now, now that live shows are come back, I'm starting to pay up on all these debts. So. I'm actually able to start getting this going, so woo! Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So on that note, gentlemen, I cannot end this podcast in all good conscience by saying goodbye because goodbye is way too final. It feels like that's the last time I'm ever going to talk to you guys. And when the next EP comes out, I'd love to have you guys back on the podcast to really preview it, get people in the know with it, along with the fact that I have to make good on that promise. So I can't end this with goodbye because it's not final. So I will end it with this. See you later. See you later, my man. See you, man. Later, bro. Whoa, folks. That's my interview with David Casey and McCartney from the band Poltergeist Post Hardcore out of Lexington, Kentucky. Remember, their, their brand new EP, Vantablack, was released on August 13th, 2021. So it is out right now for you guys to go check out if you like post hardcore music. Again, listen from top to bottom the way that it's intended on the EP in terms of playlist style because, well, this EP tells a great story from top to bottom, and you're going to want to take full detail of that and full you know experience of that that's the best way to put it probably when it comes to poltergeist like you're gonna want to make sure that you're in the know with them so take a look at the description of the podcast you're gonna find all the links for all their socials their merch their website they have one where you can stream music where you can download music all that good stuff is going to be there as well also remember to follow and like and share anything when it comes to msotd rocks link description below for our stuff make sure that you're sharing the core progression podcast everybody 
Make sure to subscribe here on YouTube or the podcast on Spotify, a podcast, iHeartRadio. Share, tell your friends. And if you're already subscribed, please keep telling your friends. And a big thank you to you as well. And also, I want to thank Phoenix Fitness once again for sponsoring this podcast. 15% off at their website. Link in the description of the podcast using the code MSOTD at checkout. But on that note, that's going to be it for me today, guys. Thank you for watching listening to the Chord Progression Podcast brought to you by MSOTD Rocks Rock and Metal Thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of the big, healthy, and hearty. See you. Oh.